salutations and shit folks welcome welcome to an episode of your favorite travel podcast where i your host d carrie have an experiential conversation about all the ways that my travels have taught me that travel is more than just vacation so this week i am going to get into expectations uh 2020 has shown us that we can have the, I mean, it's not just 2020, let's be real. There are plenty of times in life where we've had shit go totally opposite than planned, right? But all that being said, we have a a host of different types of expectations that we um, hold and carry throughout life. It's not exclusive to travel, right? But I happen to quite enjoy making everything about travel. I promise you, DM me, text me, call me, email me, whatever you fancy, send me a topic and I'm gonna make it about travel, personal challenge, hit me up. I would like to make anything about travel. I'm gonna hold all of us to it. So actually that that just was spontaneous and I'm gonna make it happen because I believe in me, right? Speaking that positive energy and uh, the such into the atmosphere, let the universe know what you want. That being said, expectations. Ooh, extra little point. You know what? I'm going to add to my notes because it just came to mind to add this location and trip to the conversation for you. Okay. So we'll have expectations of different people, different, um, experiences, different, you got an expectation of your job. That check is coming every week, every two weeks, every month, however that is situated for you, but it's coming on time and in full, right? We have expectations of our partners. Um, We have expectations of family members, friends. I have expectations of myself. I'm assuming that you all have expectations of yourselves as well. That being said, the disappointment a lot of people will, I guess you could say consent to agreeing that when you have high expectations, sometimes it, it, in terms of expectations, it pays not to have any so that you don't get disappointed, right? However, I feel as if that can be um, somewhat of a disservice to ourselves in a sense when it comes to travel, mostly because I truly, truly think that a lot of that um, positive talk, putting good energy into the atmosphere can payoff, right? So you know that when you're going into a trip, there's a certain level of planning that will help you be at ease, depending on your personality, whether or not you are, um, I don't want to say type A and controlling as if they're always synonymous, but if you are someone that is detail oriented, don't just show up on a whim and not plan anything in advance because you're setting yourself up to fail. Um, if you know that you don't do regimens and schedules and all that kind of stuff well, and you like to just wing it, then if you're traveling with somebody, make sure that you're traveling with someone that can function the same way or is able to function like without you completely in terms of being, you know, tandem trip partners. So, um, those two things in particular that I mentioned, like the whole putting good energy into the air and, um, knowing how people that you travel with, those expectations that you have up front, 
one, make sure that if anybody other than yourself is included on the trip, that you set these expectations and have that conversation prior to going. So I'll jump into my list of trips that um, did not meet my expectations. That's essentially um, what the list is about. I always go into every trip thinking I'm gonna have a bomb ass time. That something is across the board, um, a guarantee for you. I always pack the optimism, if you will. So that is very high up on my list of shit that I bring with me everywhere I go. That being said, I don't always have the ideal variation of the trip that I set in my mind to happen in real life, right? So for one, Alberta. One of my close, close girlfriends and I um, went to Canada. Alberta is one of those, I want to say they're provinces. Um, It's closer to our Midwest, West Coast area. Uh, So I ended up uh, flowing. I flew into, uh, what do you call it? Seattle. And then I went to Alberta from there. I didn't really have too much of an expectation because I am a solo traveler. All the travels that I have done outside of this Alberta trip and uh, St. Bar St. Martin with my mom have been on my own. So I didn't really know to have that conversation about expectations prior to the two of us taking this trip together. With Thick as Thieves, we, you know, we are like a perfect freaking frack in regular life, right? So you assume that that translates into every aspect of travels. However, I am used to being solo, live on my own, do all the travels, and she's used to partnering. She uh, lived with a partner of hers, and so I guess she was, we have different styles, right, in terms of how we are. And so that was one of the clashes that actually the only clash that we had because we're such good friends, we were able to do like homegirl stuff. Like we just kicked it the entire time we were there. However, after a few days, our differences kind of came to a head. And since we didn't, we were around each other 24 hours a day for by this point when we butt heads was probably um, four days on the fourth day, give or take, I'd say the fourth day, third or fourth day. And what the problem was, we had met up prior to the trip. We talked about all the shit that we wanted to do. She's a great planner. So she was familiar with all the beautiful, beautiful things to see in the area. Um, Shout out to Alberta, Canada. We stayed in Banff and we did um, a little bit of British Columbia, mostly Alberta. And we saw like Jasper National Park. We did What's Jasper? I think it's Jasper, but tons of national parks. I know we did Yoho or is it Yolo National Park? Um, yeah, we did it all. Had a great time. We planned in advance what we wanted to do and we left space for some flexibility, you know, for what it is that you know, we may come up with at the last minute to do. But she's a shopper. I'm an explorer. That for me is like the last on my list of things to do. I've never gone into a trip knowing that I'm going to like shop heavy. Uh, she's a shopper. 
I don't enjoy it. I get bored with it. I don't want to, I would rather spend my money on experiences. So that's one thing I wish that we had discussed prior to going is what type of travelers, if you will, are you a shop traveler? Are you a eat traveler? Are you an adventure traveler? Are you a relaxed traveler? If you are traveling with people, have those expectations spelled out. Understand how much of each other's attention you're going to want. Um, Be sure to have those discussions in advance or even to plan things to do apart so that you can maybe mitigate or minimize any kind of, um, I don't say disagreements, but I guess overspending time together. Like if you don't normally spend 24 hours a day with someone, even if you're used to living with other people, if you've never spent 24 hours under this person, maybe schedule some things to do apart. So I will say overall, we had the most incredible trip and I would not have wanted to do that trip with anybody else. I could see one other, we have another friend that we do a lot of hiking together. Hey y'all, hey my booze. But I could see that we were a perfect fit to do this because we enjoy doing a lot of the same activities. Like we like to hike. We like to, uh, you know, explore. We like to be outside that worked, but the, her desiring to shop, me not wanting to shop, I would have preferred to do, um, a further away excursion, or I would have preferred to stay longer outside, or I would have preferred to do something that just didn't cost any more money. Didn't make for a bad trip, but it, if we weren't as close as we are, or if we didn't have the patience or ability to communicate our, you know, our differences, it could have gone bad. And it would have been so like early in the trip. Like, I think we'd had like another three days of being together. So absolutely set those expectations in terms of what y'all communication styles are, who wants to shop? Who wants to travel? Are we going to pack all of this into one day? Really kind of navigate those little things so that you can avoid them being big things. Another trip that did not meet my expectations, uh, but also was a bomb ass trip was Bali. I posted about this on IG, um, earlier and y'all, I was really, really, waiting for uh, an eat, pray, love experience. And I low key kind of want to blame this on um, Marissa. (laughs) Love you, girl. I was really expecting some kind of spiritual awakening, like the way she was talking about it and way we were, you know, discussing what we would want to take from that kind of experience, just more of a personal awakening, if you will, a personal, I don't really know, but all I know is that Eat, Pray, Love is probably, um, and I know I never finished that book. I tried, I never was interested in the movie as much as I was in trying to get through the book, but I kept losing interest, uh, quite soon. Like, I don't even think I got through the eat part. <laughs> that was the first section, right? That being said, I was expecting to have more of, I guess, a, uh, spiritual connection. I was expecting to, I was hoping also to really tap into more of a, I guess, personal attunement that ain't happened, but I still had an incredibly, incredibly good time in Bali. What I think did not work for me was having to put 
as much effort as I did into curating the trip while I was there. Uh, I mean, a lot, I only had maybe one or two things that I didn't plan in advance. I knew that certain days would be best for different uh, experiences and the such. I also knew in advance to, you know, plan for the tattoo that last day, that like the last full day you have, do all your watership before then so that you know that one, your swimsuits will dry out some. And then two, I can get my ink without worrying about, you know, salt, sand, and sun. Um, All those things being said, I didn't anticipate what I got from Bali. I made friends. I, you know, had shout out to Tito, the best driver I had in Bali and his boys, adorable little boys. Uh, I had good, really good, actually, um, host. I had a great volcano hike. That shit was harder than I expected. I'm relatively in shape. I'm also just what's the word I'm looking for? Competitive. So I'm not going to let you really see like me struggle kind of thing, but bitch, I was struggling, struggling these knees. Uh, I'm not pop lock and dropping it anymore. <laughs> I can't <laughs> shit's hurt. Okay. And we even took the easy route and it was still a very difficult hike for me. Um, and hiking is usually not, I complain, I complain but I'll get through it. This one, my body was aching, Um, but it was at night, which was really exciting. It was basically uh, a sunrise experience. So we hiked up in complete darkness with flashlights and a bunch of strangers in the woods. Good fucking time. We finally made it to the top. We had a cute little breakfast, uh, banana sandwiches, I think it was. I was not expecting them to be so damn good wild good we bodied them everybody loved them banana sandwiches uh, a couple boiled eggs like some little chocolate wafers or something cute little breakfast and unfortunately the sun rose it was pretty but it was a lot of like clouds right it was a lot of just mist and dew and all that shit so in your mind if you're picturing a sunrise you want it to be bright and clear and but at the same time, you can't look into the sun that way. So all of the clouds being there made it so that you can kind of look into the sun a little bit more easily, I guess you could say. But that being said, I did not have a... Oh, and another thing that I had wanted to do was visit... Uh, I don't think I did at all or did I do any of some? I wanted to visit like some temples or some you know, places of reverence. And I think that not doing that really took away that opportunity for that whole, um, spiritual awakening that I, in the back of my mind thought I wanted, but it, I didn't, I ended up not choosing a good tour guide in the beginning of my trip and stumbled upon a good driver who would have been better suited to be a tour guide than the driver that picked me up from the airport. Nice guy, but it was one of those, hey, do you, you know, do tours? And he's like, yeah, but no, pro tip, just because someone does tours doesn't mean they're a tour guide. They may be a driver that can assist you in getting all the places. They may be a driver that knows a lot of the popular destinations and places that people want to go, but that doesn't mean that they've got information. That doesn't mean that they've got, you know, the desire 
or ability to explain to you what is going on. What uh, I know there was a very high holy time when I went out there, beautiful decorations, um, lots of crowds, lots of celebrations. Everybody was dressed to the T, beautiful to observe, but I'm trying to get an explanation of what all is going on. And the driver was just like, yeah, it's really special time. Okay. So be careful of who you're putting expectations on. Don't put tour guide expectations on your driver. If they are just driving you places, they could surprise you no mad shit and be able to be a guide as well. However, it's not fair to put the expectation on somebody that's just picking you up and dropping you off. It's not fair to expect them to explain or understand the, you know, historical significance of something along the route that you're taking, right? So if you are looking for a guide experience, be sure that you book someone that's capable of giving you that, or at least advertising that that is something that they do versus, you know, wanting and uh, expecting that to come from someone who's not included that in their service. That's not something that they said that they would do. Now, Know also how to ask that. Don't just say, hey, can you take me around and show me some things in the area? Or are you a tour guide? Because they may be a tour guide on the southernmost part of the island, but not at the mo- the northernmost. You don't know what somebody knows, so you got to ask them. So if you want someone that's going to be able to, now mind you, this is kind of like, it can be considered on the fly and it can be something that you're expecting in advance. Like you're not going to go on to say Airbnb experiences, personal fave. That's not sponsored by the way. I just tell y'all what the fuck I like just because that's what I like. Um, but Airbnb experiences has been my personal favorite. And when I go on to the experiences section, I make sure that I book with, um, guides and hosts that have reviews from people saying that they enjoyed the experience for whatever reasons they enjoyed it. If I'm going on a history experience or a history tour, I'm making sure that that is, I'm getting the sense of what that is from the description and from the, um, also a lot of times they have a bio of the person as well as the reviews. So if I'm going on a, you know, by, some kind of bot, not bio, but I'm, I'm going on a nature walk in Cuba. I went on an incredible nature walk experience with botanists. Like they were actually, this is what they do. They know what the plants are. They know why this is poisonous. They know what it's going to do to you and all that jazz. Now the language barrier made it less than enjoyable for me because most of what they offered was in English. Although, I mean, in Spanish, although Spanish, although they in the ad advertised it all in English and said that it was in English. Um, but there were a couple of moving parts that separated the guides. And of course the young woman that spoke the most English was attending to someone that had mobility issues. So they weren't available to do a lot of the, you know, English translating parts. Uh, that being said, when you're going to another country also have, you know, check those expectations, right? Just because in your mind, you're expecting someone to speak fluent English, fluent English because the app was delivered in English. 
bear with them. If you're going to, you know, uh, an area and you are booking a local, they can speak English, but realize that one, you may have to navigate through an accent. You may have to navigate through them having a limited understanding of English or English as it pertains to what it is they need to know. Sometimes you may know how to, you know, ask for certain foods at a restaurant. You may know how to ask where the bathroom is, where certain, you know, areas and destinations, you have a limited understanding of what their language is. But if they start talking to you about sports, if they start talking to you about jewelry, about lighting, architecture, you may not know how to use those words in that language, right? So fair is fair. Understand that you can have a great conversation with them, but bear with them when they're trying to find the words that equate to, you know, a topic or an issue that is outside of what the realm of the um, experience that you're expecting from them, the activity that you're doing is. Um, Also in terms of food, understand that just because I'm assuming here in the States, right, there are certain restrictions and rules and all that jazz that are put on um, food service, food preparations, right? However, you go to other countries and those things aren't exactly the same. I will never forget, I was in Cuba. I was not in Havana, but it was like a little beach town I was in. Stayed there for the first half of the trip, fucking loved it. It was incredible great kick-ass time. That being said, one of the really great parts about it was I was buying some trinkets and, um, what do you call them? Souvenirs from this little shop that was set up like an outdoor flea market, but it was just a bunch of vendors that sold stuff. I was buying a couple of things from there and he offered to bring me to a restaurant that was across the street, help me order. And so kind of him. But the woman was basically hanging out of a, um, I guess you could say like a mini storefront, like a, they weren't like huge restaurants or anything. It was just like a makeshift store. Right. And cigarette in hand, she took herself, went to the back and put her hand with the small spoon into the pot to take out the rice and everything. And, you know, push the food over with bare thumb. And I'm watching the flies are in the back because mind you, this is mostly outdoors and still whole time cigarette hanging out the mouth. You're watching and you're thinking, damn, I would never accept this back home, right? You're not home. Watch those expectations. Don't expect that just because it's something that you're used to, that it's something that you're going to get everywhere. Uh, You expect there to be toilet paper and bathrooms, right? Because majority of us come from I'm making assumptions here based on the analytics, but most of us are in areas where it's there. You go to a restaurant, there's toilet paper in the bathroom. You go to the library, there's toilet paper in the bathroom. Even if it's, you know, needs to be refilled, the expectation that it's to be there is there and generally met. Plenty of places around the world do not have toilet paper in their bathrooms. It is what it is. That's why I always carry tissues. When I go to a restaurant or something, I always bring, keep the tissues. I'll ask for extra tissues if I need them and make sure that I keep some in my bag, on my person, always with me. Every country that I go to, because you don't know where, you are not going to find toilet paper. That's another pro tip. 
always have toilet tissues, wet wipes, and um, hand sanitizer. Just because not everyone's standards are the same. It doesn't mean that they are necessarily poor standards. They just aren't equal to yours. Back to the lady putting, you know, the food together. I didn't let that mismatch affect one, how you treat anybody. That's first and foremost. Two, chances are you're going to be fine. Chances are you're going to be fine. Food is something you want to be careful with just because, you know, travelers, diarrhea, travelers, stomach, whatever they want to call it. It's a real thing. Thank God I've never had the issue, but it's also like very high on that list of travel anxieties that I have. I'm always worried about, can I drink the tap water here? Do I need to use bottled water to brush my teeth? Know those things in advance. Very important to know, especially in certain countries where you don't want to eat the ice or, you know what I mean? Look into those kind of things. Google. Look into those little things before you go, just so that you know what expectations to put on yourself while you're eating, when you're going out for drinks and, you know, do you buy water at the airport and bring it with you? Do you, you know, fill up a refillable water bottle from the airport before you get to, you know, your Airbnb and room and all that? Because once you, even if you can't necessarily go through security, right? And you don't know whether or not they'll have water fountains at the destination that you're going to get to. Once you clear TSA, like you can have like a 64 ounce thing of water with you, fill that bitch up and then get on the plane. They know that it's, you're on the other side. There are water fountains in JFK and LaGuardia and in every American airport. Fill that bitch up at one of them water stations. So when you get to whatever country you're going to, it may take you a day or so to find bottled water if you know that that's what you're preferring to drink. Most places outside the United States, I won't drink tap water. Now, I ain't going to ask what you're giving me when I go to a restaurant, but I'm going to hope that there is some level of filtration or some level level of, you know, water purifying that um, I don't expect the people to live that live there to be served absolute sewage. So I would expect that I wouldn't be given it also. There's certain things you just got to take on the chin, right? But um, yeah, check your different expectations of like restaurants and service and cleanliness and availability of things that you may be used to at home when you go to different locations. Um, That is a whole host of nuggets for your pocket. Um, Another trip that did not meet my expectations was Rome. I was, I want to say low-key underwhelmed. I spent so much time in school going over world history and you, you know, hear of the the Roman empire and all that shit and well and great and Parthenon and the Colosseum and you get there and it's just like, okay, me personally, I didn't, and I love history. I love history. So, you know, being in the space base of really incredible, notable historical points of reference are intriguing and satisfying and gratifying to me. Those are things that I personally enjoy. But that being said, I expected the Parthenon to be much bigger. It was tiny as fuck. 
I walked all over the city. I did not find any of the people to be uh, warm or receptive, um, not even in terms of, hey, be my friend, but just people seemed colder there than they were in New York. I don't know what it is, but in other places, you just get a sense of people being, you know, part of a larger whole where I did not feel that in Rome at all. Everybody felt disconnected. Everybody felt, and it could be because I was in the middle of all of the tourist attractions. So it could, I mean, I was just around a bunch of other tourists, you know, nobody, everybody belongs in their peer group, but nobody belonged to a complete group. And that's another reason why I am I won't say certain, but I am particular about the different places that I stay in. That is an expectation of mine when I stay in Airbnbs to kind of get more of a community feel. I have the feeling of being part of just a regular environment, a regular neighborhood, as opposed to going to a, you know, chain hotel where my expectation is that of service. I'm expecting people are going to greet me warmly and that they're going to be kind and be there to, you know, assist me in getting or, um, finding information, products, services that I'm looking for while I'm there. Whereas Airbnb, I kind of expect that I do that on my own, but then I have like my host or, uh, the person that I book through that can help or assist with those kind of, uh, needs. But again, those are the expectations that are set. I'm not expecting somebody to come in and clean up after me. If I'm staying at an Airbnb, I absolutely, I, I actually prefer them not to while I'm there. But if I'm going to a hotel, I'm expecting that when I come back, the bed is going to have, you know, either fresh sheets or they're going to remake it. Cause I always make up my bed. They're either going to remake it and do that hotel hospital corner tuck and that the bathroom's going to be clean and I'll have fresh towels and all that jazz. But that being said, know what to expect when you're also going to an accommodation. When you get to a hotel, there are fair expectations to have. When you get to an Airbnb, there are a different set of fair expectations to have. I also think that when you are making your choice in terms of your booking, know what your expectations are and book appropriately. If you know you want someone to clean up after you, go to a hotel or book an Airbnb that offers that service. If you uh, want to arrange for that, make sure to communicate with your host that that's something that you're expecting. If you're only staying for four days, that might not be a fucking option. They may not want to come to the house and clean up after you, or it may not be something that they can, you know, even if you're paying for it, that may not be something that they can negotiate for you. But keep those things in mind. Know what your expectations are going into the booking process as well. If you know that you like a very hands-off approach, Make sure that that's something that the hotel also can accommodate. Um, Another trip that did not uh, meet my expectations, but again, still worked out phenomenally was Peru. The hotel in particular did not meet my expectations. I think that that was another kind of experience that I personally had that turned me off of hotels and had me more of an Airbnb. Um person, shopper, traveler. I had the the photos that were presented had this place looking like, you know, even the basic rooms were somewhat of a suite. So I 
price wise, it was like, all right, so I actually kind of can get a suite. I want one with a balcony. I had this, you know, they give you this set of photos and this is what you're expecting because this is what you're showing me at this price point. Do all that, get there. Not what was provided. Essentially open the door. I'm in the parking lot. That's the first room they gave me. And I was like, nah, I was talking last week about that Peru experience where it also kind of, you know, helped me build and develop a little bit of personal confidence in terms of traveling and advocating for myself. And that also translates into how I can advocate for myself in regular life, of course. But that experience, not meeting my expectations on what the rooms were, after I even got upgraded to the room that did have the balcony, although it was shared, it was still not the picturesque experience that I was expecting based on the advertisements because it was construction right on the other side of the uh, property. So it was kind of like, okay, but guess what? Don't let that fuck up the trip. If you get to an accommodation and you are not in the position to be like, fuck this, cancel it. I'm not staying here. Take me to the Hyatt Regency or whatever. I don't know, fancy hotels are, or, you know, if you're not in the position to absolutely walk away from the the accommodations that you are being presented. Uh, of course, safety being number one. If that's not an issue, advocate for yourself or two, realize that you should really only be sleeping instead of accommodations. There's an entire new world out here for you to explore. Don't waste the opportunity. Don't waste the trip. Don't waste the money that you spent, you know, just being inside of a hotel. Granted, if you do feel that you need time to rest, see what types of options there are for you outside of the hotel room for you to rest. Is there a beach you can go lounge on? Uh, Is there a little coffee shop that you can go spend some time just reading, watching, you know, whatever it is on your cell phone or your iPad, whatever your, you know, your pick a poison is also consider VPNs. It's like a personal Uh, I guess you could say browser. That's my understanding of it. I'm certain that that's wrong. Google it, but VPNs are really important when you're going to countries that restrict or block certain um, international content and access. So my experience, I want to say Guadalupe blocked some things. Um, China absolutely blocked some things. I wasn't able to do anything without the VPN. And I have another digital friend. I cannot remember what her IG account is, but... Um, is it, I want to say it might be Erica Odessa. If not shout the good sis a hello. Anyway, um, she had a post about a VPN as a remote worker. So if that is something that you intend to do also expectations on digital experience is another thing I'll touch on real quick before we get out of here, but know what to, um, Know that if something doesn't necessarily meet your expectations in one aspect, that you can shift the focus. You don't have to focus on, damn, the room is really staring into the parking lot and there's construction right on the other side of the last spot in said lot. How about I'm safe here. I also still have like free breakfast and shit. The mirrors are really great. So the room will do. Didn't meet my expectations, but don't let that pull away from everything else going on in the trip. Get out, do some things and, you know, advocate for what changing or what perks or additions you can get in uh, 
response or as a fill in the blanks for it not meeting what you had established as your standard based on your booking. Um, back to what was the other thing I was just saying? Um, internets. So try, try your best to dig around for recent reviews from people that have stayed at the property that are going to mention whether or not there is good reception, um, Wi-Fi signal in that area. If it's something that is very important to you, like if you're going to be doing or responsible for guaranteeing your work gets completed or submitted in a timely fashion, you may also want to confirm with the property manager or whomever that there haven't been any issues with the Wi-Fi that it's been working. And that if something goes wrong, there's someone maybe that you can contact to have them try to restore or, um, revise, change, whatever the issue may be. I know that I had an issue in Tel Aviv with my internet and the host was great. She let me know where the router was and she was just like, no, it's really just like, you can try, don't feel bad, turn it off, turn it on. Cause you never know, this is somebody else's house. I don't know what she got hooked up in the corner or in her bedroom. I mean, not in her bedroom, but I don't know if she may have had something connected to the uh, router or whatever that, you know, this is still somebody else's property, even though I'm paying, I'm paying for this little bit of space, not for domain over your life or your world. So I absolutely messaged to be like, Hey girl, router is not connecting to mine or internet. Something's lacking. Help me out. She absolutely was able to walk me through that. Um, so if that's something that you need, know what level of expectation to set. If you're going to stay at a cabin in the middle of the woods, double check that the, um, internet is going to be, or is capable of doing what it is you need to get done. So those are things to know in advance. Where are you staying? Are you staying in a city or are you staying out in the middle of nowhere? Are you not like, if you have a certain carrier, you could even ask the host, Hey, I've got T-Mobile. Do you have decent service in T-Mobile? Especially if you're staying at a, um, uh, domestic location, certain areas, people know there's a trash reception for certain carriers. I know in my first apartment, T-Mobile, no service. That was it. Period. Done. Had to cancel it. I don't know what the fuck they built, but all of a sudden after a few years, I just had no signal, no service had to change. So I knew if somebody were coming to visit me, I could say, Hey girl, you're not going to have service here. I'll be home. You could use my phone, my Wi-Fi works, whatever. But to my point, there are just things that you want to know what you are unable to kind of do without. This way you can more fairly set those expectations for what you are to get when you get there. If you know what it is, you can check on it in advance before you get there. And to end it all, not end it all, that sounds really extreme, but to wrap it up, if you will, um, I would say on a nice positive spin, Columbia, Columbia exceeded my expectations, but I think that was because I had already set high expectations. I remember when I started this episode, I was telling you guys that speaking positivity into your life for one, but also into your travels. I will, my hill is absolutely intentional travel. If you go into a trip with the intentions of resting or relaxing, um, you know, exploring un unseen to you territories, 
that's almost everywhere you're going if, if you've never been there before, right? Or if you go with the expectation of research, if you go with the expectation of networking, these are things that if you've got them in your mind beforehand, not only do you make arrangements in advance, but you also know what kind of mood to go into it with. You know, if you want to network with people that you're going to, um, bring business cards, if that's your thing, you know what I mean? Like not everybody, if you're going to be someplace where there's not a lot of reception, Consider that you may not also be able to, not everyone in every country is as attached to their cell phones. Like if they, like for example, Cuba, they can use the internet. They have access to all of that. However, it's just not as prevalent everywhere. You can't get that same service and signal and reception outside of Wi-Fi parks, right? So if you know you're going to Cuba with the intentions of linking with the creatives out there or, you know, finding someone to be a wholesaler for you for, you know, different arts or pieces that you want to, um, you know, collaborate with or wholesale in the States or, you know, do a boutique or something, but you want actual handmade local goods, part of your website that just came to mind as something. Don't ask me why. But all that being said, they may not really be able to, you know, text you or call you to make sure that everything works and all the digital number, fucking paper, paper and pen. You either write it down or you can give them a business card. But the point is you're going into your trip, knowing what you're expecting, knowing the energy that you want to bring to it. You want to know that, you know what? I need to do both some relaxing and I also need to do some you know, exploring. I haven't really done a lot of movement. Like my body feels like I can go for a couple of hikes. There's a really great reserve nearby the property. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure you, you put an expectation on your entire trip. When you pack your bag, you know what you're packing for. I'm expecting to go out. I want to shake my ass on some foreign crotch. I won't say anything else, ma. Yeah, girl, I will. I want to shake my ass on some foreign dick. It is what it is. I'm gonna make sure that I bring the right shoes. I'm gonna make sure that I bring the right outfit. Know what you're going for. You know what to pack. Also know what energy to bring folks. Know that you want to meet with other people. You want to, you know, create the perfect segment to the perfect, um, you know, podcast playlist. Wink, wink, not, not coming soon. Go with those energies. Speak that into your trip. If that's what you want, design it for yourself. So I hope you enjoyed this episode about expectations around travel. If you uh, feel so inclined, please rate the podcast on whatever platform that you uh, listen to it on. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff out there. Whatever you're on, I'd appreciate you leaving me a five-star review and uh leave a comment and let me know how you feel uh if you would like to watch the episodes head on over to the youtube because there is video uh let's see what else i've got a lot of actual digital products coming out they're in the works i'm excited stay tuned travelingshippodcast.com and sign up for lay newsletter that's pretty much it, guys. If you're a social media person, the social media, social medias, the social media links are also on travelshippodcast.com. 
you can follow the Facebook, the Instagram. That's really all I have. I think there's a Twitter. Oh yeah, I do have a Twitter. I just don't really know how to tweet. So <laughs> bear with me y'all. That's it. I hope you like this week and don't forget as I've spent the last, how long? Let's see. 40 minutes or so. Travel is so much, so, so much more than vacation guys. Bye.